Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So let's talk about the prenup. Let's talk about it. Did you sign one? No, we did not. I am very naive to exactly what a prenup is and the risk. Like, there is such a stigma around it. It's always been, like, a negative thing. You see it in, like, the tabloids. And that's what I grew up around. But when there's a business involved, isn't that smart for the business? I'm sure I... Honestly, I'll take full. very naive to it. I didn't understand that it protects me from like I mean, his debt also. Hard to find. It sure does. Well, that's what I was trying to tell her. I'm like, that's... you could put it in Google. Right. I just really <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, Summer House Reunion Part 2 Edition, aka the Shit They Didn't Show episode. I have to say, you guys, I think that with all the back and forth about Lindsay, Sierra, Paige, what have you, what we're not having a conversation about is how... This is really excellent television because as we find out, really nobody is perfect. Nobody's hands are clean. Nobody's fully innocent. You can only really root for somebody to a certain extent. And I think that makes for excellent, excellent television and definitely excellent discourse. Like I see people making a lot of uh, points for Lindsay, and I agree with them. I see people making points for Sierra, and I agree with them. I see, you know, um, Paige, at least, is making points for herself, and I listen 
and maybe I nodded once or twice. So I, you know, I think that really makes for great television. And maybe for that, we should just be grateful. Just be, live in the gratefulness of what we have. So when part two begins, Danielle is still continuing her conversation with Sierra about how hurt she was and how she just wished that she had heard any sort of apology from Sierra herself. She said she had talked to Maya and Maya had told her basically through the grapevine that Sierra had regrets and, and felt bad about the situation. And basically it was just like, you know, I just what she said earlier when the trailer dropped, I just wish I had heard from you. Sierra says, again, she's not proud of what she did because she knows that she's not that person and that she's better than that. And I noticed Danielle was like, you are like, she was, you are better than that. <laughs> and that like, she also wants to explain where she was feeling in that moment. And I think she also did a pretty good job at that. It's really hard to navigate the, I'm sorry, but... But I think she she did really well. And I do think it like context of this does matter because she was fresh off some new information that put a battery in her back, right? So she says that she went into that dinner with the knowledge that Lindsay had just told people that she had slept with Austin on a weekend off in Montauk. And then we see unseen footage of Lindsay talking to Kyle, <laughs> telling Kyle that... When they were in Montauk, they made out, they went skinny dipping, they slept in the bed naked together, and then just perfect, 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 perfect television of we see the grapevine happening. So Lindsay tells Kyle, Kyle tells Amanda and Maya, Maya tells Paige and Sierra, and it is a true, well, it's not really a true telephone because it didn't really get garbled along the way. It was pretty clear. Except for when it got to Sierra's ears, it went from they slept in bed naked together, which is what I know Maya said to her, to they fucked. Do I think it's unfair of Sierra to make that assumption? Not really. I mean, she had, you know, like given where her feelings were. And also at Lindsay's big age, which is also my big age, I would not be sharing a bed with a man naked and skinny dipping with him unless he was going to be, um, you know, finding my pineapple under the sea. Right. And so I thought, okay, here's, I got to tell you guys, here's how I take notes because it's going to come up later. Is that like, I will, if I find something I hit on, I pause and then I just share my feelings about that. So it's very likely that like my question, concern, whatever will be addressed immediately when I press play again. And that's what happened because my thought was, oh, Austin had whiskey dick and that's why he, they didn't have sex. Like this was a, we didn't, they didn't fuck, but this was a technicality. And that's exactly what we find out. She, she tells Kyle, um, in that same unseen footage from before that his, you know, little limp noodle head hit the pillow and was like, you know what? I'm passing out. My little ravioli head is ready for sleep. You know what Austin is? You know how like when you are making pasta and you're boiling the water before and then you stick the pasta in, but the heat is too high. And so it like it burns, it like singes some of the pasta because it hasn't like, uh, you know, like dissolved enough to get all the way down the pot. Like that's what he is. Just like a burnt little noodle and you can taste it. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to keep it here because it's like too much of a bother to like try and pick it out. But it's like, oh, I hate this every step of the way. I don't want it. 
Which leads me, I guess, to my question for the audience. How are we feeling about Southern Charm? Did you guys watch the trailer? The trailer, um, listen, I, I don't ever expect too much from um, Southern Charm, so lowered expectations, and I really probably shouldn't even be watching the show, but then I saw a video, a TikTok actually, of Madison and Craig, and they were doing like a little TikTok dance, which, you know, seemed like a, a soft launch announcement of We're Friends, and like, then I was like, damn, I want to know how we got here. Because if you guys watch Southern Charm, you know that this is like, uh, <laughs> like truly finding a, a golden pot at the end of the rainbow or whatever the saying is. Because she used to date Austin and it their relationship was very messy for you guys who don't know. They were very off and on, just very like, you guys have no, like, you know, that couple who's always fighting or fucking and being jealous and ruining the party because of their pettiness, right? Um, <clears throat> Craig eventually really rallied against Madison. He really hated her. So for them to be back in some sort of alliance, at least, I, I really need to get eyes on that. And also, um, in the trailer, there was a very, <laughs> like, Austin and Craig fighting in a way that, like, I could not have written it better myself. Just their their shirts over their bellies, their exposed beer bellies, and the slow fighting, and the attempt to get Austin in a headlock, and just be like, get down, bro. Like, you have to talk somebody into a fight that's like, you don't have hands, you know? <laughs> like, I'm doing my best and I'm going to, the rest of it is convincing you to go to deal with this, right? <laughs> I don't have enough strength to get you down on the ground, so I'm just going to ask you to do it, please. Also, I will say that Southern Charm has probably the worst Twitter uh, fandom of all Bravo shows, they are very racist. Like, if you guys think that Orange County has a conservative fan base, oh, baby. Southern Charm has that shit to 100, okay? They are terrible. So, on another side note, and I'm going to go back to Southern or Summer House really quick. On another side note, it, there were a bunch of new shows announced for the new Bravo lineup, one of them being a spinoff with Leva. And that really just made my heart swell because based on what I saw, the audience or the Twitter, racist Twitter audience reaction to Leva from last season, I just, I cackled that she, <clears throat> after one season, was the second cast member to get their own spinoff. <laughs> Love that. Obsessed. I believe it's called Southern Charm Levaland, which, you know, she owns, she and her husband owned um, a couple of restaurants in Charleston, one of which I had to try. But I'm assuming this is going to be like another Vanderpump Rules, Candy and the Gang, let's see what our hot staff is up to kind of vibe. So anyway, yeah, Austin is a burnt wet noodle, just overcooked mushy okay so andy asks if there's any resolution to be had between Lindsay and sierra and Lindsay starts off first by saying that she apologizes for her part of it but she doesn't think that this whole thing should be entirely on her and then she says that she doesn't think that it's fair to say that she dismissed sierra every time and we see a montage of uh three attempts on sierra's behalf to try to have a conversation with her 
and Lindsay blanking her basically every step of the way. At one point she asks, I mean, at one time it was at her birthday party. I'm going to give Lindsay a pass at that. Like I'm 17 lover boys in my bikini top is backwards. I'm wearing a, a bucket hat. Okay. Like I, I can't have this conversation right now, but the other two where she says, you know, you know, everything about me and Austin, you know, that obviously was not true. Right. And also there was another situation where Sierra's sitting in bed, shock of all shocks, asking Lindsay um, if she and Lindsay, if Lindsay and Austin and Hook have hooked up because Craig told her as much. And Lindsay then gets activated in a way she's like, oh, everybody's just like coming after me. And it's like, she literally just asked if you guys were hooking up. Like, this isn't an attack. <laughs> just a question. She's not going to get out of bed. I mean, she's practically planking. <laughs> so um, to act like she was acting like it was so aggressive and I, I didn't feel that way. I don't know. Um, and so, okay, sorry. What happens after that? Okay. So then Lindsay says that she feels like she never got an apology for Sierra's speech at the Italian night about how Lindsay doesn't give a fuck about anybody. As long as it's what she wants to do, nobody calls her out on her shit because this is just, everybody just expects this from her. And Sierra does apologize, but what she apologizes for is addressing her feelings in a group setting. But then she says, like, I felt like I did that because I had, in order for me to be heard, and my intention was not to tear you down. I just felt like you were unaware of your actions and how they made people feel. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only way you really can apologize. Like, she meant that shit. (laughs) And, And, like... Even your girl, Danielle, couldn't even stand up for you in that moment. Like, you know, I mean, it is the truth. Kyle said as much. Amanda said as much. Pretty much everybody agrees. So to want an apology for like, and now we said it, I don't know. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Sierra does also tell Lindsay, however, that she could have been more direct and clear about her feelings for Austin. Um, which, okay, fine. Um, so Andy finally asked the questions that a million of us wanted to know, right? Which is whether or not Austin has been held to any sort of account for his actions. And Sierra's like, yeah, totally. A month later, off camera. I definitely reamed him a good one. You'll just have to trust me. And then... (laughs) Andy's like, okay, well, why did it take you a month to do it? She's like, well, because... The only thing that I wanted to say to him, like, I didn't have anything else to say to him except for I hate you. And it's like, well, yeah, that's all it really takes. Why do you need to wait until you have to say something more? That means that you still have feelings for him and you're trying to, like, have a big conversation. Right? Right, girl. Because Lindsay is like, oh, is that also the time that you hooked up with Austin again? Was that then? (laughs) And I, you know, honestly, Sierra took that better than I did. Cause like, that was really shady. <laughs> she kind of walked her into that one. Like she really took that on the chin. She didn't have to. Anyway, I think she claimed that she doesn't talk to him anymore, but mm, we'll see. She also said she didn't have feelings for him, but she said that before. Anyway, um, then we get to Paige's segment about her juggling Andrea and Craig, a storyline you guys know I don't really care about because I think it's fake and opportunistic. So, um, I will say that in the flashbacks, 
Paige looked very different, but maybe that's just because she was wearing a lot more makeup in the reunion. I don't know. Um, Andy asked if she'd ever watched Southern Charm before. And if watching Craig's treatment of Naomi or his um, drunken behavior on the reunion stage was like enticing to her. Um, and she said, no, I, it's not. And then Andy asks Andrea how he feels about Craig and Paige as if he gives a fuck. Like, really, guys? What are we doing here? They both say that their relationship, uh, Paige and Andrea's relationship was something that they needed to go through at the time. And it's like, yeah, you both needed a storyline for the show. And so you did that. So, yeah, I agree. You definitely needed it. You guys are trying to act like this is some greater good to find the people that you actually wanted to be with. No. Okay. No. So then we get to the Kristen Cavallari of it all. And gosh, this reunion was really heavily relying on the uh, put your hand up if questions from Andy. So we start off with him asking the cast to raise their hands if they agreed with Kristen Cavallari's assessment that Craig was basically just using her name and the hookup rumors for clout. And basically, like, some people raise their hands. Danielle does, like, a half-up, half-down situation. But Amanda and Lindsay both felt that Craig would not have taken it that far if he had known that it would have upset Paige. Like, he just would not have done that. Um... I mean, have you guys watched Southern Charm? Because I feel like that's a risk that Craig would be willing to take. But, okay. Then Andy asks Lindsay if Craig ever apologized for calling her a loser. And Lindsay says that it really wasn't an apology. It was more of a him trying to explain where he was coming from situation. And then when Andy asks Paige how she feels about Craig's behavior towards Lindsay, she's like, well, of course I didn't like it, but then immediately makes herself the victim with Lindsay. And it's basically like, well, Lindsay sat on that information about uh, hooking up with Kristen Cavallari for a month before coming to me as a friend about the rumor. So like, I'm trying to figure out if this is actually relevant, but then we quickly find out that it is because apparently the reason why everybody felt so strongly that Lindsay intentionally held this information is because Austin told all of them that she knew. Maybe it wasn't a full month before, but it was definitely prior to that weekend that she had known, like a good chunk of time. And that Lindsay had also told him that she intentionally keeps information to drop it at the opportune time. And then Paige goes into victim mode again about how she feels like Lindsay has a history of doing this. And she brings up a moment that had nothing to do with her years ago that Lindsay knew that Kyle had cheated on Amanda, but she held on to the information and didn't bring it up until like Kyle's birthday weekend or like a, a while later. And Paige tells Lindsay, I still haven't recovered from that. <laughs> What are you like Amy Schumer with Will Smith? Like, are you still traumatized by a situation that literally had nothing to do with you? <laughs> okay. Okay. Calm down. Then Carl chimes in. He's got his boyfriend hat back on and he asked Paige if that's why she spread that rumor about Lindsay hooking up with Luke because she simply heard that through an Instagram psychic and Paige's like, that was Hannah. That wasn't me. And Luke is like, well, I feel like you questioned me about that pretty hard when we were in the kitchen. Like, mm, I, I don't know, girl. She really was like aggravated. Ooh. 
My personal theory is that like she's wearing a lot of fast fashion and I feel like it's probably irritating her skin. That uh, skirt did not look like it was made from natural fibers. And after six hours, it was probably, I don't know, burning her or, you know, singeing right through her skin. I think she was aggravated in several ways and she just couldn't admit it. And maybe that's why she couldn't look at them either. She's like, if I move for just one inch, these sequins are going to just like sink their way into my skin and I can't do it. Okay. I can't do it. So then Andy tries to ask Carl what he thinks Lindsay's motive was when she told Paige about the rumors with Craig and Kristen. But Paige is like, Carl's not ever going to be on my side about this. Like he's, he hasn't been on my side this whole time. That's very clear. Carl's like, I don't want to have beef with you, Paige. But then she's like, you know what? Maya actually is like, it kind of seems like you do. Carl then tries to make a speech about how the reason why they have a good show is because of the transparency. And he's basically trying to be like, you know, Lindsay just like bleeds out for the show, right? Like that's trying, that's the point that he's trying to make. And it's like, okay, (laughs) you know what? I feel like in this moment, I, I, I think my, my love affair with Carl is over. I don't think I'm going to be Mrs. Radke. I just don't think that's in my future. And no, it's not because he's in a whole ass serious relationship with somebody else. I don't know why you would even ask that. Um, it's because of the decision that I'm making right now. Okay. Thank you. He also said something later about how like they were addressing the time that Danielle gave him a hand job in the back of an Uber like two years ago and how it was really what Carl referred to as a light hand job. And then he used the phrase, the reason why it was light is because it was over his chinos. And do you guys know what the concept of the ick is? It's like, you know, like if you're like kind of feeling a dude and then they do something that's just like, ugh, you know, like if he gets up or he's like bent over and you just see a little bit of his butt crack, it's like, Oh God, you know, it's like that feeling that you're just like, Oh, like I'm dying inside. I'm not attracted to this. And it's just like a very small thing that you're just like, ugh. when he just said over the chinos, it just kind of gave me the ick. <laughs> so anyway, I got to get out of here. Things get even more weird where Amanda and Paige get on to Lindsay for not being a girl's girl. And they're going by like West Side Story rules of like when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Like I think Amanda said, If you're a girl's girl, you're a girl's girl all the time, like across the board. So they basically feel like the way Lindsay disseminates information to them is not in accordance with girl code. She's not complying. And therefore, that's why they act like she's uh, anti-mame, like the biggest slut in the whorehouse of Summer House. Like... (laughs) This is why we're constantly bringing up her miscarriage, trying to make her feel bad, um, trying to emote emotions out of her that she doesn't have in order to, like, create some sort of narrative. They're back on this. And I don't understand why. Like, I don't understand why we're not asking Amanda what her specific issue with Lindsay is, because there seems to be one. Right? (laughs) And I don't know why we're not talking about it. And honestly, I felt like Amanda really wasn't asked any questions at all. And I had several. <laughs> and I also, I don't know if you guys have been noticing, but um, 
Amanda and now Kyle, we'll get into that later, have been um, pretty much going very hard on social media, on Instagram stories or Instagram comments of Bravo accounts, um, trying to advocate for themselves and talking about how um, basically the internet discourse is tearing the cast apart behind the scenes and people need to be kinder and blah, blah, blah. To me, it sounds like, you know, unfortunately, I have to say that I was right again when I picked up on um, Amanda seemingly being very aware of the cameras this season in a way that I hadn't noticed. And I think it's really getting to her. And it's not any surprise because everybody's been dissecting her relationship and her wedding for months now. And she's probably at her limit. (laughs) So I get it, but yeah. Then we see some like real weird footage of Andrea and Lindsay having some sort of flirtatious moment. I guess Pedro's trying to make the point of like, Lindsay flirted with Andrea over the summer and she didn't care about my feelings either. And there was a moment where they took a car ride and Andrea was describing to Lindsay what his version of a sexy car ride would be, but he didn't seem to act out any of it. He was just explaining to her that he would, you know, put his hand between a girl's legs or maybe unbutton her jeans or do a little up the shirt action. And um, then we see another unseen footage clip of them just kicking it outside the summer house, just giving each other's right nipple a a cheeky hello. (laughs) How did we get there? How do you get there with two grown ass adults? Like, how do we go? What conversation led up to let's kiss each other's right nipple, like, or left nipple? How do we get there? That's, that's what I wanted to see. And now to find out that we've had, like, they've been holding this nipple action and Amanda and Lindsay fully making out and instead been repeatedly showing us Lindsay and and limp noodle sucking face with each other. Ugh, like, it really feels like they screwed us over on that. Anyway, Andrea's only explanation for the nipple situation was that it's the Italian way. (laughs) It's the Italian way, okay? Ah. Um, the cast then takes a quick break, but then we hear some like hot mic comments. And this is probably the moment that Amanda's really going to get roasted for. So Paige and Amanda are having a conversation and they're both like, well, Paige says that she's officially done with Carl. And Amanda says something like, well, Carl's our employee and he's our friend. And then both Paige and Amanda agree that Carl's been manipulated by Lindsay. And this is a lot of what people had issue with Amanda referring to Carl as their employee. Um, Kyle went on to a, um, forgive me. uh, Oh no, I have it. I have it. I'll, I'll look at it. Okay. So, okay. Bravo at Bravo and cocktails tweeted when Amanda said, quote, he works for us about Carl, dot, 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 not the Amanda we see on TV. So then Kyle responded, I just gave this account a follow so that I could point out that this was taken out of context. Believe it or not, social media can actually be a catalyst for some falling outs and it makes it harder for our show to remain true to its concept. It's about a group of friends. Amanda was reminding Paige that Carl's a big part of our lives. The ridicule and hate has gotten out of hand. So now we know that like, Amanda's really uh, 
crumbling under the weight of people's uh, opinions about her. And <laughs> girl, I mean, I feel like not for nothing. Like I feel like Amanda's really been protected over the course of this season and definitely during the reunion. And I'm like, damn, if this is you under the best of circumstances, I can't imagine if we really saw some true shit, you know, <laughs> like we, we would never see them on TV. Again. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. And um, next was a clip of a montage of Carl and Lindsay throughout the years. And like truly, again, like I have to issue my I'm not trying to be a hater disclaimer here, but it was a lot given they only really got together at the very end of the last episode of the season. Like, I don't know if we needed a whole segment. I know what they're doing. Like, clearly we have to talk about it, but it just felt like a lot. And it felt like there were a lot of other things that we could have talked about because again, that shit didn't happen until the end of the finale. So anyway, um, Lindsay says that between prom between their last weekend in the summer house and the wedding, Kyle and Amanda's wedding, it was like three weeks. During that time, she and Carl were hanging out every day, holding hands, watching movies, doing whatever. And it got to the point where Lindsay was like, okay, do you think that this is something like we should really, do you see going the distance with me? And he was like, yes. And at that point they hooked up. Um, Then, Andy asks about Lindsay's sobriety because she's five months sober. And she says that it initially started because Carl was struggling a little bit with his sobriety leading up to the one year anniversary. And so she decided to go in with him. 
and they were sober throughout the holidays and then it kind of became about her and so she said that she doesn't necessarily see herself being sober forever but she does know that her relationship with alcohol has changed forever um and yeah as of now she's still sober she's not pregnant um I guess that's it yeah then they talk about how you know they're looking at different real estate opportunities and Andy asked everybody to raise their hands if they're supportive of their relationship. <laughs> like, why? So everybody says, yeah, but it's kind of like, you know, I noticed that Sierra and Maya were just kind of like raising their hands just to raising their hands. Like they didn't really seem that enthusiastic. Andy ends up picking up on it, too. And so he kind of asks them why it is that they didn't seem that excited. And they're like, I don't know. Sierra's like, you're probably not wrong that I'm not that enthusiastic, but as long as Carl's happy, like, I'm cool. I'm rooting for them. Paige says, honestly, I wish them all the best. I really don't care. I hope they do get married and buy a house. <laughs> Just like total flat effect. Like, I hope you do get married and buy a house, girl. Okay. You know who Paige is really channeling during this reunion? <clears throat> Nini, Nini leaks. Like, remember the seasons where Nini was feeling herself a little too much? And she would show up at the reunion and she would do like a 45 degree angle or sit there with her head in her hands and just like not really want to talk. <laughs> that That's Paige. That's what Paige is doing. And let that be the last time I, I uh, compare Nini leaks to Paige DeSorbo. It will be. I promise that. Anyway, um, Next, we talk about the conversation that Sierra and Maya had with the rest of the cast about race and how they're treated in the Hamptons. We, me and you guys, are going to have a little talk here because I was picking up on some things and I saw a lot of people who, you know, should not have um, been inserting their opinions about this conversation but they did. So for those of you who did feel that way, um, I'm going to maybe help educate you. Okay. Maya and Sierra start holding hands once the clip package ends. Maya says that she was actually nervous and that she took a couple of shots before having that sit down conversation with everybody and says that actually like it was a conversation that she not, it wasn't a conversation that she would have had with her friends in real life. Kyle says that he was actually really grateful for that conversation because it was uncomfortable, but there were things that needed to be said and he wanted to get his head out of the sand as far as what people, other people were going through. Now, I think that's, I don't want to like lift up Kyle too much and be like, oh, he's invited to the cookout. Like it's not that vibe at all. But I will say that like Kyle behaved from what we saw beautifully as a white man, like I was shocked and um, impressed by him, not just like because it was Kyle, just like I don't expect white men to be as like transparent and like open about that stuff as a default. Um, so for him to say, like, I didn't want to have my head buried in the sand, like I just wish that everybody who felt like I was ignorant to stuff was like him because he is like way less ignorant than a lot of people I have to deal with. So then Maya brings up a point of she didn't know a way of explaining to somebody like Kyle what it is, like what it is that she goes through life because he would never understand. And honestly, 
She says, had it not been for Sierra validating her feelings, she probably wouldn't have spoken up anyway because she feels like oftentimes in spaces in the past when she has spoken up, people just assume that she's upset about race. And so she has basically trained herself to let racism be the last thing that she calls out, basically. And this is the thing that I wish that like, racist people and ignorant people would let sink in more because they get all up in their feelings about being called racist. But here's a woman who has just explained that she has learned to navigate her life in a way that she is completely disarming and that she is not telling the truth because she doesn't want to be perceived as an angry, angry black woman, even if it's very clear that things that are happening to her are racist. Like she has learned to have to navigate her life in that way. So for her to call something racist, it would take a lot, right? It would take a lot. So when people are called racist, I just wish that like they would take into context, like a lot of black people have, especially black women have like decided to, or through their life have had to um, navigate a world where they're like extra soft and not fully honest and transparent because it's harder to be honest because your honesty is not accepted and you're just treated like a monster for simply being honest. Then Andy asks a viewer question to Alex to explain more of what happened when somebody called him Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee. Alex says that it was the first weekend. It was a 4th of July party. He didn't know what to do. So he was just like being nice to the guests at the house that were there. And a guy comes up to him and asks him for the Wi-Fi code and then asks him for a drink. And so Alex is like, why is it that you don't think I live in the house? And the guy's just like, oh, my bad. Like, it's just you didn't look any like anybody else who lives here. And then he told him, like, you know, you look like Jackie Chan. Like, it was a compliment. What? Then we find out that somebody was also being racist to Maya at that very same party. And they told her, like, how great it was that Sierra brought her sister to the house. On what planet do Maya and Sierra look alike? Other than the very obvious one. And they're not even in the same color. They're not even the same color. Like, on what planet? I think Andy may have asked, like, why hasn't it been brought up before? Or maybe maybe he didn't. But Sierra does say, this shit is like a daily occurrence, so we don't bring it up. Like, we just don't really talk about it. We keep it moving, right? So then Andy asks Maya, who in the house made the most effort after that conversation? And she says that it was Andrea, and he made a complete 180, and that you can see it in the footage. Like, he gave her a hug as soon as they walked in the house. He brought her stuff up to her room, and um, yeah, she's like, he just really made me feel like I was included and I was cared for. And then Andrea says, you know, he's really happy to call Maya his friend, that after they left the house that weekend, they texted about that conversation and the situation, and he said, you know, like, I was just in my head during those times. And I, you know, I get throw him a little bit of a bone because I was assuming, which I'm sure Maya was assuming when he called her Lexi, that Lexi was just some other black girl that he knew, right? <laughs> and not that that chick that he's dating, right? So I, I do give him a little credit for, you know, if you're going to call me the wrong name, I'd rather you call me... <laughs> 
the wrong name of somebody of a different race than like, you know, you know what I mean? Cause like low key, some of y'all have fully written to me about stuff that princess did. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> thanks, I guess. <laughs> and like, dog, how does that even happen? Like you guys don't even have to look at us, <laughs> you know, like you should know. Ugh, anyway, that's honestly happened like two or three times for real. Anyway. Um, so then Andy asks, Danielle, why is it that she did not speak up during that time? And this is where I'm having some questions. First, Danielle says that she had been vacationing in the Hamptons for years before the show even began. So she feels like, I guess she's kind of used to navigating that life or, you know, the culture there. But also she recognizes that her experience as a Latina is not the same as a black, as the black experience. But then... She also adds on the fact that Sierra did not mention that she was a woman of color. So in this conversation with Sierra and Maya, Maya is expressing her feelings about feeling like an outsider. And Sierra is saying to her, yeah, I was in the house a year before you all by myself. I'm the only person of color. It's summer of 2020. We're dealing with all this racial strife in the country. And it was very isolating. So was Sierra incorrect for saying that? Obviously, she's not the first person of color in the house. Not the first woman of color. Not the first person of color. She's the first black woman. What she should have said was she was the first black woman, but she didn't. And that's what Danielle said she was mad about. But here is my question is that Sierra only said that to Maya. Which leads me to believe, because Sierra and Danielle have been very clear about the fact that they are not friends and they don't communicate, that Danielle would have only seen that comment about being the only woman, about Sierra being the only woman of color when the show aired. So why is it that you didn't say that in real time? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like logically, that just doesn't add up. And these are the times where I say that this is actually a good show because Danielle has absolutely every right to be mad at Sierra. But I also think that a couple of times she's filtering things at Sierra through her current anger. And I don't know how fair or productive that is to either one of them, you know? Because to me, I'm kind of feeling like if somebody told me I didn't feel like speaking up about racism, the racism that I've experienced, because that's really all they were doing, all Sierra and Maya are doing, were sharing their experiences with the rest of the house. So to say that, like, you intentionally didn't share your experience because Sierra didn't include you, well, I don't see, I don't get that. Maybe I'm missing something. With it being said, like every person of color and every black person is allowed to speak or not speak about their experience whenever they want at their discretion, right? But I just felt like Danielle was like misdirecting her anger and putting it into this situation. And I just didn't, that situation is more than their bickering to me. And if there was a conversation that could have been had that included that, you know, that Danielle had spoken about, then like, I think that would have been just a greater good conversation. 
But again, like Sierra and Danielle didn't have beef with each other at that time. So I, you know, like, I'm just, I feel like some of this is just Danielle being pissed at Sierra. And I, I don't think it's necessary because what it could be interpreted as honestly, is that like Danielle on the other net side of that could be interpreted as like, maybe Danielle is very transactional in her supportive issues when it comes to black people, when she doesn't herself feel included as a minority, you know, and that's a problem. <laughs> that's a big problem. So Sierra even clarifies, Danielle, when I said person of color, I really did mean black person. I was specifically speaking out about my black experience, but you know, I do have to be extremely um, careful with my words so that they don't get lost in translation. And I do on that end, like I'm on Sierra's side about that because I think she was like, I think that was a conversation that Sierra was, excuse me, specifically trying to have with Danielle. Like, I see what you're doing here. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. That's what I thought. That's how I would navigate it personally. Anyway, finally, we get to the segment of Kyle and Amanda's road to their wedding. If you can call it that, like, let's assume that that road is a really muddy, sludgy path with no real direction. And those little rocks that kick up in the tire wheels and make that like super annoying sharp sound um and then you know eventually your tires get stuck and the more you press on the gas you just get further and further down in that mud and then it's like well the only way we were going to get out of this is if somebody comes and help us so yeah that would be the road to kyle and amanda's wedding anyway um apparently andy is under the impression that all of america is obsessed with and thinks that amanda's dad frank is sexy Okay, I mean, you can have it. The only Frank in my heart is Catania, and I don't mean Junior, personally. But, um, you know, y'all can have that. Sure. Andy asks Amanda if her dad has had any opinions about Kyle's behavior. She says that her dad doesn't watch a show, but his friends do. Okay, I mean, that's not weird to me. Like, that's not surprising. But I kind of feel like if her friends watch... Have they been reporting back about how Kyle's been acting? Like, how do you stop yourself from watching that? I guess is my real question. Like, I would be extremely curious if I heard that my daughter and son-in-law were really getting into it. I would like to have eyes on that. So Andy mentions that obviously there's been a lot of discourse as to whether Kyle and Amanda should have even gone through with the wedding. And then we see a clip of Sierra doing Watch What Happens Live. And Andy asked her the question of, would you have gone through with the wedding if you were Amanda? And she said no. So Andy asked Kyle how he feels about it. And he's like, well, you know, I teared up when I saw it. And, you know, he called what she did a zinger. But she was just answering the question. You know, so Sierra goes on to say that she wasn't speaking for Amanda. She was purely talking about herself. And Kyle's like, you can have your opinion. I'm just saying that it hurts. And then he says, there are people in their lives who are very vocal about questioning their relationship and it hurts, but he tries to see where they're coming from. And he realizes that they're just reacting to what they observe. And that really like is a hard pill to have to swallow because you're only left with the truth at that point. Like they're just operating on what it is that they're seeing and hearing with their eyes and their ears. And you can't get out of that. You know, there's no, (laughs) it's, that's just the truth. Kyle also says that he was hurt by a few of the things that Paige had said over the course of the season. 
and that he wishes that Paige had come to him a little bit more often. So Paige says that, listen, I trust what Amanda says when it comes down to her relationship. Like if she's happy, she's happy. But there were a couple of times where we had some one-on-one conversations and I just checked in with Amanda about certain things. And I just wanted to ask her with anybody else around, like, how she's feeling, how she's really doing. And it was really never an issue or a situation of like, oh, you need to leave this guy. Just like, are you sure? Maya also adds that she was quite gracious with Kyle and that her intentions were the same as Paige. Like, we just wanted to make sure that you guys were happy. That's it. And Kyle's like, yeah, Maya, I have to admit that you guys, you were really gracious, right? So, I could just really sense how sad he was because like, there was just like no way for him to pussy pop out of that. Like he just had to sit there and swallow that probably very hard pill about like, yeah, my friends are seeing the bad stuff and they're asking questions and I can't do anything about it. Now, my question is again, why did they not ask Amanda about this? Not a single question went her way about their relationship, except for the prenup stuff. And I feel like, um, why did we not address Kyle? Um, you know, his, why did we not talk about that damn, um, post-it note contract? Why did we not talk about him, um, not answering his phone? Why did we not talk about her, uh, breaking his aqua de joe all over the bathroom floor? Like, why did we not talk about any of that stuff? What? And we spent that whole, like, there was a whole segment about, like, I don't even know what the fuck. (laughs) There are things that we could have talked about and we just straight up didn't. Like, we could have gotten rid of at least 12 of the razor hand if questions and really gotten to the nut meat of the situation. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you guys trust each other now? Is is Kyle doing better with his drinking? Is he still going out random nights out with not, not answering his phone? Like, what's going on? What's going on? I think they really glossed over that situation. And I'm kind of wondering if maybe Bravo was like, you know, let's go soft on these people because we want to have them back. And we know how sensitive they are. And we need to navigate this accordingly. Because this shit's not making sense to me. So Andy then asks Amanda, like, what her hesitation was with regard to the prenup. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I just see um, all these bad connotations with prenups and in the tabloids, like, people are going back and forth. And, like, I just thought it was a negative thing. And I thought everybody thought that. 
And every, Andy's like, I don't think there's a negative association with it at all. Um, so Andy is like, okay, but it's a, a prenup is a smart thing to do when you have a business. And she's like, yeah, I'm sure it would be, but I'm very naive. And I didn't understand that it would potentially also protect me from his debt. And they're like, yeah, Amanda, that's why I told you to Google it, girl. (laughs) And she just puts her hands up and is like, well, clearly I'm lazy and I just didn't do it. And this is the shit that I can't be on Amanda's side about. Like, you guys know that I've never been on her side with regard to this prenup stuff, but I'm more on Kyle's side with regard to his frustrations about their relationship. Because to me, if my partner approached me about a prenup and it seemed like such a big deal in my head that I was going to fight him about it, but then I didn't even bother to like look into it. I would be frustrated if I were Kyle too. Like at the end of the day, he was just trying to help them and the business. And could he have gone about it the right, a better way? Probably. But like, also just Google it, girl. Like Carl said to Kyle, um, once you mentioned it to me, I just looked at Google and it looked like the perfect situation for you guys. I mean, she could have even texted Carl and been like, hey, can you send me some links? And this is why I think that this man is like out here getting styes because he's doing a whole lot of work. And, uh, you know, she's months later being like, well, I was lazy. Sorry. <laughs> so then Andy does raise your hand if uh, you are going to get a prenup in the future. And interestingly enough, the only people that raised their hands were the women. So Sierra said, you know, Usually a prenup is traditionally designed to screw the women out of, you know, any sort of payment in the end. But we on this cast all have assets to protect and I'm not paying a man a damn thing. So I will be signing a prenup. I mean, the the real gag is <laughs> outside of like Kyle, do any of those men really need to? I mean... Luke has a burgeoning uh, maple syrup empire. Maybe there's money in that eventually, but um, I'm just not sure how successful his like chunky gold jewelry and um, candle line is. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's doing great. I just don't know. I'm also like dying to know how much Carl makes through Loverboy, you know? Do you think he makes six figures? Do you think he works on commission? He does like territory sales, right? I wonder how much they pay him. Enough, enough for Amanda to be like, he's our employee, our employee. You don't even have stake in the business, girl. <laughs> you said you don't owe not 1% of Loverboy. <laughs> our, see, get the, this is why you get the prenup, girl. This is why you get the prenup. Oddly, Andy asks Maya for her assessment about whether or not she thinks Kyle and Amanda will stand the rest of t- test of time. And also what she thinks about all the other couples. <laughs> And she's like, uh, very diplomatic in my mind. She's like, well, I hope they last and I have a lot of faith in them, but you know, I don't know the dynamics of people's relationships, but I hope they're all happy. And what else was she going to say? <laughs> you know. So Andy tells Kyle and Amanda that they do seem happy. And it's like, well, you think they're really going to like air out their dirty laundry? No, they barely wanted to fight on camera. They would have to sneak away into the closet to get into it. So of course they're going to put up a united front. Like, we we all thought we were they were super happy up until this season. So, I mean, that's not really doing much. But anyway, they say that they are because um, planning the wedding has been over. And 
once they had took that off the table or didn't have to start planning for the wedding that they were just able to enjoy each other and they were much happier. Okay. Um, there's a brief conversation about OnlyFans and Sierra suggesting that the whole cast team up to have a joint account. And, um, Carl suggests that Kyle give business advice with his shirt off, but I want to shout out to Christine Bianca Villa, who said quite a while ago that Carl should do his only, his own OnlyFans in which he just makes his bed. And I would like to throw in just does pushups at the end of the bed. Um, listen, you'll, you'll get that Hamptons house in three months. No problem. The last clip was a whole montage about how incestuous the house is. And we do another raise your hands if question. And it was raise your hands. If you've made out with more than one person in the house, raise your hands. If that was everybody, but Maya, okay. Raise your hand. If you, uh, have made out with more than two people in the house, that would bring Kyle out of the situation. But then he looks over at his wife and is like, who the hell have you made out with? And she's like, oh, I made out with Lindsay. <laughs> we see another unseen footage clip of Amanda, Lindsay, Danielle, and Robert all kicking it in a room one night. And I guess Lindsay has a cup of fireball. So she takes a shot. And oddly enough, they're just like sucking face out of nowhere. <laughs> And Lindsay was loving it. Okay. She grabbed Amanda by the waist. She really pulled her in close. And Amanda's like, oh, I was just trying to suck the fireball out of your mouth. Lindsay's like, oh, I was trying to make out with you. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we could have, they should have rolled that footage. We could have gotten that at least two times to save us from the Austin situation, but I guess we're over it now. Um, did anything else happen? Not really. Andy points out again that Paige still hasn't looked at the rest of the cast. And she's like, well, to be fair, I've been really focused on my posture this whole time. Okay. And also the other cast has been talking a lot more than my side of the, the couch. So that's that. Um, Carl does apologize to Paige, but she still won't look at him. You can tell like she meant it when she said to Amanda that she was over him and he says, you know, that, well, she tells him that what she really rubbed him the wrong way was that he said she didn't do anything and that she didn't show stuff on the show. And she's like, well, I show everything, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, I'm sorry. Like that was a shitty comment. He said it a lot more sincerely than I just did to be clear. <laughs> so, um, you know, she's like, I appreciate that. Thank you. But again, she's like flat, right? Giving him absolutely nothing. And then they end on a very weird question of Andy asking Lindsay what she thinks about the success rate amongst her cast members will be in their relationships in the house. And again, how was she supposed to answer that question? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Paige answered it perfectly. was like, only time will tell. Only time will tell. And with that, we're done with Summer House for this season. Um, yeah, I'm excited about Winter House. I'm... You know, this is going to be a new space. Wednesday's episodes are going to be designated to something different. So I hope you guys stick with me. Um, I'm not sure how much Bravo I'm going to be doing even now. So as of next week, uh, your guess is as good as mine as to what the new schedule is going to be. <laughs> but um, Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to all of you guys who were listening to my Summer House recaps. If you're able to give me a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it. All right. Thanks you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Bye.